know, when you have the real deal, all the counterfeits kind of melt away. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church Podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor Podcast features Sunday sermons. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Well, I've got a captivated audience. And you know what grandparents love to talk about the most? Their grandkids. How many in here are grandparents? Oh, my goodness. You're going to be so jealous. <laughs> I mean, that you're not sharing about your grandkids. The title is, He's Real, He's Alive. My oldest granddaughter... By the way, I have six granddaughters and six grandsons. And I don't think it's over yet. But she's the oldest. She's 12 now. But she was loving bunnies so much. (laughs) That's my granddaughter. And she was convinced she was a bunny. I remember, I try to make all my granddaughters princesses. I bought her a princess outfit. She looked at me, rolled her eyes. Nobody can roll their eyes like she can. Throws it down and says, Grampy, I am a rabbit. I am not a princess. Okay. That is hardcore bunny. She has a bunny tattooed on her face. Thank God it washes off. But I mean, that's how involved she was in being convinced she was a bunny. They used to come to our house a lot, and she loved to sleep in the crib up in our room. We kept a crib up in our room. Even when she was too big for the crib, she still chose to sleep in the crib. It's good memories. And I used to tuck her in to take her nap, and then she'd be right out of her crib just like that. She had about close to probably, I think last count was 24 stuffed bunnies. And she would set her bunnies up along our bed and she would talk to them. Some that she would scold, some she would encourage. And finally when she was at the end, she would choose three or four or five or seven to sleep in the crib with her. So, and she usually woke up very grumpy. Well, I said to my son and daughter-in-law, my wife, I said, I think we should get her a real rabbit. No, I got no support at all. None at all. Here's my son. I got him a horse when he was 11. But he remembers having to take care of it. (laughs) And he's, uh, I kind of backfired on me a little bit. So I decided... I was going to get a rabbit anyway, get a bunny anyway. They can't keep me from having a bunny. <laughs> so, so I got her a real live bunny. And after she had gone to sleep and it was time to wake her up, I put the bunny in the crib with her. And the bunny went up and tickled her face, sniffed her face, and. She doesn't wake up happy. She just goes like this. 
And finally, it does it again, and she opens one eye like that, closes it, and then both eyes pop open. And she says, it's alive, it's alive. <laughs> look at that look on her face. Now, I'm going to try to make this spiritual, but again, I'm talking about my granddaughter. Well, one bunny leads to two bunnies because, after all, it was living at my place, and I wasn't going to play with it all the time, so we got it a... They were both females, though. I knew better than to... <laughs> Every 20 days, another litter? No, no thanks. So they got along really well. Back to the next slide. But this is the one that speaks volumes to me. Now, if we would go to that scripture in Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 1, the law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. And for this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. I guess the thing we should remember a little bit there is that the law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. Therefore, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with the pure water. I just wanted you to see that one because I'm going to be using a little bit of that too. Well, she still played with her bunnies, but she found some very interesting things out as we, as we move forward. Out of the shadows of stuffed bunnies, the realities themselves began settling in. Her fantasies of bunnies now being, is now being replaced by the real, living, alive bunny. Don't we all kind of need that? What a difference between a stuffed Jesus, a stuffed bunny, and the real deal. And by the way, I never saw the look on her face playing with her stuffed bunnies. It was like love had come to town. She was just so excited. It spoke volumes to me in that that's how Jesus wants how the Father wants us to respond to him. Another dynamic that happened, you know, with stuffed bunnies, she was in complete control. How many of us like to be in complete control? She told me, she says, Grampy, they're out of control. <laughs> yeah, I think... Uh, I think that happens when we deal with the, re the realities themselves. We find out we have little control. And if we take control, a strange things happen as we start to end up with stuffed bunnies again. And a real positive thing is her living bunny was drawing her attention away from the stuffed ones. Hallelujah. <laughs> Maybe that's a good thing. How many of us have to get rid of our counterfeit Jesuses? The things that we learn, the traditions that maybe we grow up in, the things that are cold and they're just not doing it for us anymore. 
Here's another interesting thing. Bunnies being at the bottom of the food chain, she no longer wanted to be a bunny. <laughs> Her paradigm had been completely changed. What happens to us when we have those moments? I remember Pastor Tommy sharing a couple of weeks ago about the mountain, the valley, the mountain, the valley. When we have an encounter with the real live Jesus, he comes alive. It's a, it's a mountain. It's a wonderful place. But then we come down into the valley. And you know, something God spoke to me, taught me early in life, he's, he kind of gave me a, a word. He's, because in one of my valleys, he said, don't question in the dark what I've shown you in the light. Really, I think it's those times of our hanging on. And, and some people will say, you fake it till you make it. Well, when you're walking out what you know is right, it doesn't matter how you feel. And you're not faking it. You're never faking it when you decide to be joyful in the Lord. It's a decision. And I think that's when we have the opportunity to bless the Lord the most. Because that's faith truly being walked out. The mountain is a place where he truly blesses us. And I believe that the valleys and the mountains become more level as we just mature and learn not to question in the dark what God has shown us in the light. Yes, it's the mind of bunny versus the realities themselves. You know, when you have the real deal, all the counterfeits kind of melt away. It's not that she no longer played with her bunnies, but I'm not sure I ever saw her playing with a stuffed bunny after she got the real thing. Out of the shadows of stuffed bunnies, the reality of the living bunny made her joy complete. Out of the shadow, the law is only a shadow of the good things that are happening, are going to happen, not the realities themselves. You know, I, uh, one, one scripture that took me a while to understand, it says, many are called, but few are chosen. And because he is love and because he is the way, the light, and the truth, I interpret that as very few of us choose the mind of Christ over our own or over the traditions of the past or whatever it is. I think it's so eloquently declared in the first two commandments to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and to love each other. Everything else is wrapped up in that. It's, it truly is all about love. And you know, I've learned so much as a parent and now as a grandparent. They can give us such a good insight into the realities themselves. It's interesting. When I had my first son, I was a novice. I didn't know what to do. It, it just seemed totally unrealistic that at my level of experience, I have this life that I'm responsible for. I think that's, I'm going to put a plug in for grandparents, I think that's why we're needed. Because 
we have the, I, I like to use the word brain damage. <laughs> Pastor Quentin doesn't like that word, but another word would be the, we've done it right and we've done it wrong. I was uh, at home group the other night. I put forth a question. I said, what were the defining moments in your childhood? And by the way, I'm putting in a plug for Sunday school teachers. And you know, everybody shared, and you know it wasn't anything about wealth. It wasn't anything about getting something. It was all about relationships. And these... These children are wet cement. And you think about how things are right now. They aren't very good. I mean, Jesus has been kicked out of the school system. And they wonder what's wrong with the school system. Hello. Been kicked out of government. Kicked out of public places. What's going to fill that vacuum? Well, we know. Right now, I believe that the next generation, these kids are going to have to be a whole lot tougher than us to be able to withstand the persecution, and things aren't going to get any better. And right now, there's an opportunity for us to to help shape the future for the church. I believe that, personally, I believe that is, is just as important as this ministry right here. I really do. Preparing the next generation. And I think it takes a special person to catch that vision and see it for what it is and step into that batter's box. I'm not putting out a call to just do your service. There's a few that I think can catch that vision and see that they really want to work with the next generation. Susie and I do it every other week. I think I'm willing to do it every week. Now that we're at two services, who knows, but I got to talk my wife into that. <laughs> I was thinking about how, what little sinners they are. <laughs> they are, they really are. And their sins are obvious, ours we hide better. And they're so open. And you know why it's all good? Because we love them. We really do. Love, it's amazing what love can do as far as patience and, and help, just helping disciple them from being the little stinkers that they are to <laughs> begin considering the other people around them, beginning to share. Oh, I have so much fun teaching my grandkids how to share. Well, What's interesting is we, as parents, teachers, being evil, are able to give that much love to those children. How much more can God, our Father, give even more love to us? But we need to experience him like she's experiencing that bunny. Would you go to uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse 1? 
He calls us his kids. Behold what quality, what manner of love the Father has lavished upon us that would, we would be called his children. That is who we are. Hang on to that. Anybody says, who are you? If you're ever questioning, who am I? I'm his kid. That's who I am. Well, let's go to the next slide. She finally let me convince her that it was great to be a princess. Even if it was an Indian princess. She no longer claimed to be a bunny. I teach all my granddaughters that they're princesses, and I teach all my grandsons that they are princes. In fact, they love to have me tell them stories. When I'm visiting or they're at my house, it's time to go to bed, I have to tell them all a story. Well, they're all kings, princes, princesses, and even Evie now. Even Evie at 12 likes my stories. It's amazing. The, uh, how many know that we learn by being, playing different roles? I mean, psychology teaches us that. The proverb says, as a man thinks in his own heart, so he is. We learn who we're going to be in life by playing the different roles. When we see what Jesus is like, that's a wonderful role to play. I used to be John Wayne. <laughs> I loved him. And then I can't tell you who else after that. But finally, when I got saved, hey, I want to be like him. And, you know, I tell my wife all the time, she is a saint. I, I tell her, if I ever grow up, I want to be just like her. Because she is such a servant. And, and, I mean, God blessed me. I've been with that woman really over 50 years. Doesn't seem that long. But as I said, the other night we at home group were talking about define, defining moments in our childhood. I have a vision when I work with kids that God help me to give them a defining moment. Let me share with you what a defining moment might look like. I have one granddaughter. In fact, I brought her to Sunday school a couple of times. Her name is Zelma. I call her Curly because she has curly blonde hair. I brought my other granddaughter who has long blonde hair. I call her Blondie. Her name is Etta. But anyway, I was able to drag those two to Sunday school. And something that I talked with them about is when we ask Jesus into our lives, he whispers. He whispers. Yet our flesh screams. So I was talking to Zelmi about that, Curly. She has these tantrums, and she gets so mad. She says, I hate you. They all do that, really. But I say, hon, what's the whisper say? I can't hear the whisper. I'm too loud. 
such honesty. I love it. But you see, she's beginning to hear, beginning to hear, a servant of the Lord, how much more a mom or a dad or a grandparent, a servant of the Lord does not strive, but with all patience and perseverance, explains the same things over and over and over and over again, a peradventure, and it is an adventure. I like that King James, but it means by chance. God will save those who oppose themselves. Guess what? The Adam spirit, the old Adam opposes. Is it, the old Adam is our worst enemy. And we need to see that working with kids. We need to see that working with each other. By the way, I like working with grown-ups too. My background is, as a young man, I loved kids. And so I went to school to get a degree in elementary education because I like the little ones. I like, I like it before they hit adolescence, you know, because they're, they're a full mind. Now, I've worked with adolescents too. Don't get me wrong. I had four of them. The, the point I'm trying to make is, I forgot that point. Let me move on to the next one. <laughs> My, it must be the Holy Spirit. Because I, I asked him to uh, take over. Oh, this is a good one. You know, J.R. Token has a, has a great saying. He says, not all those who wander are lost. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we teach what we know, but we impart what we are. Now, how many know that if it's not working in our life, if it's not a reality in our life, we don't have an awful lot to impart. And that's why we all need, we desperately need that experience of He's alive. He's alive. And that, the joy that comes out of connecting with that, because you know it's all about love. It's crazy that this God who is created everything wants a personal, intimate, loving relationship with us. And you know, we can't live on the past. I can share so many stories with you of how he's moved supernaturally in my life. But you know something? I can't live on those stories. Those stories are good. Don't get me wrong. All of our stories are good because it's the history of memories that help us have deeper faith and deeper relationship. But it's like the manna from heaven. We've got to be refreshed daily. In order to maintain our relationship, that love bond with God we have to get fresh manna every day. We serve a God of the now, not a God of the past, but a God of the now. And where is God in our lives right now? Last week, the pastor had us do a very interesting thing. It was awesome. Yes. Is we broke into small groups and we just prayed for each other. And the Lord showed me there were three types of people that would be here this morning. There'll be those who are on the fence. And on the fence is, it's okay. We're, we're on the fence before we come in, usually. A lot of people, it's okay, but it's a very dangerous place to be. Because if you go one way, it's the matrix. You're back into the kingdom of darkness. Go the other way, and you just had a live bunny experience. <laughs> and 
And the other group that would be in here would be those who have had wonderful experiences, but they haven't had an experience for a while. You're kind of living on food from yesteryear. It's time to freshen, bring that alive again. And then the other group would be, it is alive, but you know, deep calls to deep. It's, I don't know about you, but I can never get enough of it. Even when I'm having a wonderful experience, I can still never get enough of it. It's like looking through a glass dimly. So the call is from deep to deep. And I, I just sense that we might want to, I mean, I want to release people to go. Don't get me wrong. If you don't want to be a part of that, God bless you. No one's going to love you any more or any less. <laughs> We're not under the law. The law is just a shadow of the good things that are coming. So we could break up into small groups. And you see, God's no respecter of persons. He hears your prayer just as much as he hears mine or hears the pastor's. He hears your pray, prayers. And he says, pray ye one for another. So we could break up into small groups. Those who are, are when I say more mature, let's say more zealous or whatever. Um, let's pray one for another t- this morning as we break up. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus over us all. God, we need your love. Your love is the only thing that makes a difference. And God, it's not that we loved you, but you loved us. You loved us. And it's connecting with that love that lets us love one another as you called us to love one another. I just pray for your infilling, your spirit of wisdom and revelation and the true knowledge and the true experience of that love. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.